0: Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Uh, We're getting ready again to get back into our series on activating your faith. It's very, very important that you start seeing yourself uh, as being a tool of God, not only a tool of God, but using what God has given you to be able to position yourself for these last days. I believe God's doing an awesome thing, and I want you guys to be involved in it. And the only way you're going to be involved in it, you're going to have to live by faith. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. So that is not an accident. It's mentioned too many times in the Bible for us not to pay attention to it. So what we want to do is make sure that we are activating our faith, that we're moving by faith, and staying in our faith. Amen? So the key scripture that we have that we've been using uh, to balance everything off of, Is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. From the King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So don't just go by what you see. Your faith gives you the ability to see things that are not. Amen? It gives you the ability to see things that are not. So we are more than what we see ourselves as being. We are more than what we have become. We are spiritual beings. We have an opportunity to pull things from the spiritual realm into the natural realm. Amen? You have the ability to access heaven. Listen to this. You can access heaven and bring it to earth by the power of your faith. So what I want you to be able to do, and I'm going to do a little recap real quick so that you can be able to stay with me and understand. There are three things that you're going to need to activate your faith. At least these three things if you're going to activate your faith, you're going to at least need these three things. And the first one is the Word of God. That's where we get our victory from. That is our foundation. If you do not have the Word of God or spend time in the Word of God, your faith will be weak. Your faith is going to need the Word of God as a foundation because everything that you want and what you need, God says, I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So you're going to need the Word of God. I challenge you, to start back reading your word. Start back studying your word. Getting that word in you because when God gets ready to move in you, that word is going to rise up in you. Sometimes we wait and we let the devil get a head start on us and then when we try to read the word or get the word in us, he's already out there running our life. When you have the word in you, that word will rise up in you and stop him before he gets too far. So it's very important that, especially when it comes to spiritual attacks, that you have that word in you. And The Bible says the faithful so faith, then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. You got to keep getting it into. You got to keep moving. You got to keep it going. You got to listen to godly stuff. Get out of that crazy stuff sometimes. Sometimes you need to cut your TV off. Amen. It's telling you the wrong vision, and you don't realize, it, but it's stripping you of your faith. And then, not only that, you must have a pure heart. You must have a pure heart or a pure conscience. Any time that you have some issues in your life that you know that you're doing something that's not right. It short-circuits your faith. So when you go to God, you can't confident or, confidently or in confidence go to God and believe God for certain things because you got sin in your life. And that sin stops you from believing God. It hinders you. You know what? You, 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 you know you messed up. You know you did something wrong. And you want to go to a holy God and ask for something as if you didn't do anything wrong? The devil knows this. That's why he's trying to get you to get into some type of sin, to miss the mark. Why? Because he's going to use that against you. He knows there's coming a time when you're going to activate your faith or going to need your faith activated. So he's going to come at you and try to get you to sin. And you were just that close to your blessing. You were so close to your breakthrough. You were so close to get that thing that you've been believing God for. And it's not by accident, it's strategic. The devil has one of his little demons that offer you some type of sin or some way to miss the mark, and when you go after that thing, then you short-circuit your faith. And when you're trying to try to reach out for it, you can't reach it because you're double-minded. Your confidence in God is gone. And the Bible says that any man that comes to God must first believe that he is God and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You gotta get back diligent for it. You gotta want that thing so bad that you're not gonna accept the sin life that the devil's offering you. He's trying to make God look bad by letting you think that God is not faithful, and God is faithful. Amen. So you're gonna have to have a good conscience. You're gonna have to keep your heart pure. Hebrews 10:22 says, "Let us draw near with a true heart." If you got a true heart, you'll have the full assurance of faith. You got a good heart, there's no reason for you, for God to say no to you because you're in faith and you got yourself together with God. Therefore, God rewards you. Amen? All right. And then the next thing is, is to put your faith in action. And that's where we stopped last week. It's very, very important that you put your faith in action. James chapter 2, verse 19 to 22 says this from the New Living Translation. You say you have faith. For you believe that there is one God. Good for you, as if there's something good. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. You hear this? He's talking about faith and say, you say you have a God. You believe that there is one God. He said, but that, don't, that doesn't impress God. By you believing that there is a God, it's not impressive. The devil believes this, and they tremble more than you do. So what is God trying to say? Watch what he's trying to say. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is almost like you went from one thing to another? What he's trying to say here is that your faith ought to help you with good deeds. Not only will your faith help you believe that there is a God, but don't just stop it right there. Don't stop your faith in just saying that there is a God. No, get your faith to help you get yourself together. Faith can get you off the drugs. Faith can get you off the alcohol. Faith can get you off the sex outside of marriage. Faith can get you off of some of the stupid stuff. Faith can get you out of lying. Faith can get you out of cussing. Don't just say, I have faith in God. The devil has faith in their trouble. Why are you afraid of getting caught in your mess? Use your faith to get out of that. Use your faith to get yourself together. Amen? Some people are still in sin because they're not using their faith. Faith is powerful enough to pull you out of your beds. I put this little note down there at the bottom. I don't know if you can see it, but I highlighted it for myself. Faith is not just for you to get things. Amen? It's not just for you to get things. It's for you to live a better life. It It can be used to overcome the struggles in your life. It can defeat sin. For sin shall not conquer you. If God says sin shall not conquer you, that means He gave you the ability to fight sin. You don't have to do wrong. Y'all hear me? You don't have to sin. You don't have to do it. You don't have to smoke that dope. You don't have to drink that that whiskey. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to hit that. You don't have to. Whatever you're doing that the devil's offering you, he's offering it to you because it's the only way he can take your blessing. I want you all to get to a point where you realize you can be blessed too. Amen? All right, so here we go. Don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his what actions when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? I told you last week about that, bring your sin or whatever that thing is God's, that God's pointing you out, pointing out to you that's wrong. Bring that thing to church with you. okay? Don't leave it at the house so you can come back and get it. Bring it to church. Matter of fact, all right, I want you to put your faith in action. Since you got that, that, that liquor at the house, bring it on up here next Sunday and put it on the altar. Just lay it on the altar. All right? That's your sacrifice. Now, most of you will go home today and get rid of it. Because you don't want it to be in your house come Sunday because pastor asked you to bring that sacrifice. You'd rather sacrifice it in private. Most of us would. So pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying to use your faith to get over stuff before God reveals it to everybody. Your sins will find you out. So let's get rid of it and let's get right because you're telling God to bless you. You're telling God to prosper you. So God, the only thing he has to do now is to get rid of your sins. The best way to get rid of your sins is to expose them. The ultimate is to get you blessed, right? How many of you want to be blessed? Amen. Amen. So somebody got to deal with the sin, either you or God. I would prefer that you do it in private. Have your own private ceremony with just you and the Holy Ghost and sacrifice that thing to God. It's going to be some tears. In the Old Testament, they had to get that lamb, bring that lamb into their house. That lamb became like a kid to them. And when they finally got ready to slay that lamb, there was tears, there was crying, because it's almost like a kid that was dying in their house. It became a part of them. Well, the devil gave you something that's so close to you that you don't want to get rid of. That becomes your sacrifice. Whatever that thing is, that's causing, uh, become a block to you and God, that becomes your sacrifice. So bring it in here on that altar, and you can cry and snot and whatever you want to do, but you let it stay on that altar. Okay? All right. So now, let's move forward. Since see, you you see faith, he had faith, and his actions worked together. So his actions made his foot His faith complete. So once you tell me you believe, I'm watching your actions because it makes it complete. You can't tell me that you believe and you're still living like heathens. It just don't work together. Your faith is not complete. If you're still drinking the way you used to drink, you're still smoking the way you still smoking, you're still chasing the women like you used to chase the women, you're still chasing the men like you used to chase the men, your faith is not complete. Until those two come together, and faith get your actions to be right in alignment with God, then you're ready to move to another level. Some of you are not ready to move to another level. That's why you can't be faithful. That's why you can't see yourself coming to church every Sunday. That's why you can't see Wednesday night service. You're ready to stay at home and watch. What's that be coming on on Wednesday nights? Empire? And what else? What y'all be watching? Y'all know y'all be at home on Wednesday night watching something. If loving you is wrong, oh, Lord Jesus. Some of y'all just don't want to be right. When God is trying to get more of you into him, don't you realize the devil is trying to get more of him into you? There's an exchange going on. You're trying to get the spirit of God, or should be trying to get the spirit of God in you, while the devil is trying to get the world into you. Well, you can't have both. Light and darkness can't be in the same temple. So what you got to do is decide what you want and then make that sacrifice. There's going to be a sacrifice. You will make a sacrifice. If you decide that you want more of God, it's going to cost you something. If you decide that you don't want more of God, it's going to cost you something. But you will make that sacrifice. All right, let's keep going. So three things that you're going to need, the Word of God is your foundation. You're going to need to put your... uh, your heart in gear and get right with God, and then you're going to have to put your faith in action. Now, let's move forward. Next. All right. So I ask you the question, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Everybody put their faith somewhere. Where is your faith? Is it in your, uh, uh, Pastor, explain this to me. Uh, when trouble comes your way, where is your faith? When you can't get your bill paid, where is your faith? Some of you would go to mama, you go to daddy, you go to pooking them, you go to Ray Ray, you go to somebody instead of going to God first. So your faith is in that person. God wants to know where's your faith. Because you're going to need that. Stop putting your faith in man. God wants you to transition your faith and put it in God. Amen? You're going to have to start believing God for something. I'm going to show you a situation that happened in Jesus' day where he was showing them how, and asked the disciples the same question that I just asked you. Where was their faith? One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. Jesus, God, settled down for a nap. So you're going to need some rest, okay? You're going to need some rest in your life. If Jesus rested, guess what? We need rest too, amen? So you got to find the time to get along and just get you some rest, all right? But soon... A fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filled with water, and they were in real danger. The Bible said they were in real danger. Why? Because they were in real danger. They were in real danger. Have you ever been in real danger? Mm-hmm. All right. So much so that the Bible said the disciples went and woke him up. They woke up Jesus, not just wake him up, but they were shouting. See that? They were shouting. They were frantic. They were like, We've going ready to drown. and you sleep? You know? All right. Master, Master, we're going to drown. You hear what they're saying? Watch what's going on on this lake now. And I believe, I know this was an enemy attack because here is Jesus, the devil's greatest adversary, sleep. They got all his disciples. And all these eggs are in one basket. He sleep. He don't know what's going on. These disciples are out here too. This is my opportunity to wipe them all out. Now, if I was a devil, that would be my mindset. Jesus sleep. <laughs> these disciples on the boat too. One wave can kill it all, and I don't have to worry about nothing. Instead, watch what happened. Master, master, we're drowning. Jesus woke up and he rebuked the winds and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? Why didn't you do something about this situation? Why didn't you take charge over it? I told you that we were going to go, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. I told you. What is faith? Advanced information that you receive from God. Guess what? They were going across on the other side. The enemy came in and tried to make them doubt that, and tried to wipe them out, they had Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. So guess what? Anything that stops you that God told you to do, you need to rebuke it. You hear me? God has told you to do certain things in life. You know God has told you. You found in your word anything that crosses that path needs to be rebuked. If God told you to live holy, guess what? Anything that crosses that path that caused you to live anything other than holy needs to be rebuked. You're letting stuff happen in your life. You're not challenging stuff. You're waiting on God to do it. God waiting on you. Where is your faith? Yeah. I gave to you. Every man has the measure of faith. You have faith, but you won't use it. When a situation comes in your life, your bill, they send you a bill. Well, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I take that back because some of y'all be rebuking methylite, gas, and water. You're rebuking your phone bill, your light bill, and everything. Come back <laughs> to heaven and want to church pay for it. You told me to rebuke it. I want you to have faith. All right? That's the first thing, get the faith before you start trying to rebuke stuff. Get some faith, all right? Because, see, what happens is that God works through your faith. Sometimes if you don't have enough money to pay your light bill, God will give you a little part-time job. Uh-huh. I just want him to give me the money. I don't want to work. You know? It's easy for me to go to somebody and ask him for the money and go out there and spend a whole week just for what I could have asked them for. No? God wants you to know that he's working with you. He's working for you to get you what you need. Now, when God's working with you and trying to get you to a point, when stuff come in your way and things get, and, and, and try to make you get a point where you're doubting God, you need to rebuke that thing. Amen? Some of you just need to rebuke sickness. Some of you just need to rebuke the disease. Some of you just need to rebuke the fact that you're acting stupid. You need to rebuke that. That's a a spirit. That's got to be a spirit. I got to find it in the Bible and show it to you. But it's got to be a spirit. Because there ain't no other reason for you to be acting like that. You need to rebuke that stuff. Okay? And Everyone has a measure of faith. Everybody has a faith. So watch this. I'm going to show you something about this situation on this storm. The storm didn't wake Jesus. His disciples did. Some of you need to learn how to relax in the storm. It's not as bad as you think it is. All that wind all that stuff, Jesus was still asleep. He wasn't worried about the devil drowning him because he knew he had said it, we're going to the other side. Let us go to the other side. We were going to the other side. You hear me? There's some situation that's going on in your life now. I guarantee you it's not as bad as you think it is. It's not as bad as you think it is. There was a situation that came up uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Terry was in it with me. And he when we was going through it. He was like, oh, God, oh, God. I mean, he was just getting stressed out. That's, I don't know how I see him getting stressed out, but I, I can tell that it was getting to him. He was he just, he just, you know, just boom. And I was right there with him. But we had to remind ourselves what God has done and what God was doing. And then God started sending us different people to just to speak life into us big life into it. And then all of a sudden we grabbed a hold of that life, we stood up, and guess what? Everything settled. Everything worked out for the good. What you worried about, God already has figured it out. The problem is coming in because you see the waves and the storm. You see all this stuff, and the devil trying to get you to walk by what you see. When God already told you, you walk by faith, not by sight. So the stuff that you're looking at, it ain't as bad as you think it is. Baby, you'll get through it. Tomorrow's going to be a whole different day. The devil just whooping your head within a few seconds that you're thinking about this thing. God already know what tomorrow's going to be. He already know he's going to figure this thing, that you're going to work this thing out. It's going to be all right. So when you're going through the storm, just remind yourself, it's going to be all right. This storm won't last always. I'll make it through the storm. There'll be brighter days. I've just got to make it through this night. Amen? Now, as we look at the storm, Jonah ended up in a storm a storm because of his what? Disobedience. The disciples ended up in this storm because of their obedience. What is that telling you? There is a storm on its way. Some of you are going to come into a storm because of your disobedience, not willing to do what God told you to do. Now those storms are going to teach you a lesson. They're going to teach you how to obey what God has told you to do. And once you get past those storms, there's another storm that comes because you obey God. So you're not going to be able to avoid all the storms in your life. So guess what? You can forget that thing that you just got a free ride and you're not going to have to use your faith. You will use your faith either because you're disobedient or because you're obedient. But God has a way to make your faith stronger. And the only way it's going to get stronger is that you're going to have to use it. Amen? So when the things go bad in your life, what do you need? You need faith. When things are going good in your life, what do you need? You need faith. Amen? So wherever you find your faith at, I want you to put it together and I want you to use it and be ready to act upon it. Now, in the fight of faith, again, i tell you this, sometimes things look worse than what they really are. Okay? Remember that. When you're in faith, sometimes things look worse than what they really are. When you're in faith, things look worse than what they really are. Well, Pastor, if I'm in faith, things all look good. No, not always. Because sometimes when I'm walking in faith, I look at some situations, some circumstances, I'm like, mm-mm. Because in faith, everything's illuminated. Okay? You see stuff that you normally don't see. When you're under pressure and you are believing God for something, It's illuminating. I'm watching everything that comes into my life. I'm watching the people who are in my life. I'm watching people who are speaking negative to my life. Somebody say something that's wrong, I say, uh -uh, I don't receive that. Why? Because my faith has illuminated everything around me. Being illuminated, I can see it. I can see some people that don't mean me well. I got to know how to handle those people because I'm in faith. I can't afford to get in unforgiveness. I can't afford to get mad at you. Why? Because everything is on the line. Am I going too far for you all? When you're in faith, you're going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. That's right. Okay? So you watch it. Somebody could be getting ready to get a business. Well, in faith, you can see this thing coming together, but if you do something stupid, it's short service. Just that quick. God wants you to have these things in life, so you got to fight to keep them. Amen? All right. You must step out in faith if you're going to make a difference. This is for your life. This is for your family life. This is for, well, Pastor, how do I step out out in faith? You go back to God's word, see what God said about the situation, what's going on in your life, and you step out and believe him on it. If you're gonna make a difference, you're gonna have to step out there on it. If you're gonna you believe in God for a job, okay, let's say a job. And you believe in God, no, let me use this one. I just I just felt that one. Let's say, No, I don't want to use that one. (laughs) If you believe in God for a job, or for a business. When you get ready to step out there and believe God for that, make sure that you have the Word of God in you so that God says He's going to give you favor. He's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So when you step out there, you really expect divine favor to come your way. You expect people to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Why? Why, Pastor? Because you just got power from heaven. You contacted heaven, and now heaven and you are connected and guess what, certain people that like you that they, they don't even know why they like you. I all, I should one day get some testimonies and some letters to bring in and just read to you how people or I just need to record their conversations <laughs> and let you hear people talk about it. you. mean to tell me they like you? They don't like nobody. They, they, what he, he called you? He don't talk to nobody. Where is this coming from? Is it coming because they like me? No. I've connected with heaven with my faith, and guess what? Faith has caused people to like me. You hear me? Now, you can sit here and watch me do all this stuff with my faith, and you can still be in the boat with me, but you won't get a chance to enjoy what God has for you. You just enjoy what God got for me. I'm trying to teach you how to get your own. How many of you want your own? Well, I'm telling you how to get it. My wife see me all the time praying and confessing scripture. She told me, my scripture, what do my, what do my scriptures look like, baby? They're pretty raggedy. They're pretty raggedy. I got this set of scriptures I do every day, okay? And I confess them. And I don't know why I don't get up to date with time. Why I only let her uh, retype them over, for. But, but they mine. And sometimes I just have to, you know, really. I got them in me. I know what they're saying. She might not know because the pages are wore out on them, but they mine. I grab them every morning. I make my confession. Why? Because this is my foundation. This is what I stand on. If things are going to get better in my life, it's going to be because I'm using this. There were some times when I would, you know, me and her got into a little bit of, uh, she didn't understand what I was trying to tell her, you know. So so that caused some friction in the house. And I would not read my scriptures. You know, I have scriptures about, you know, my wife and I would not, you know, this, we that, that, you know, that. And I would do that. And I, I wouldn't do it. Boy, things got to be so, so bad. You know what I did? I grabbed them scriptures and I went back to them and said, God, look, this beat me up now. So I got back into my scriptures, got back on the Word of God, and things began to change. I realized the power of the Word of God. Some of you all situations are not getting any better because you're not doing no better. You forgot the foundation that God gave you. The Word of God is the foundation for victory. So if you're going to get victory, you're going to have to have some Word of God in you. Don't sit back and watch me succeed. My wife and I, we have a good relationship, our kids getting better. Amen. Because I keep confessing the word of God over them. The word of God is my foundation for victory. All right, watch this. Let me take you a little bit deeper now. Activate your faith. Ask you a question. Are you ready to succeed? Are you ready? To succeed. Are you ready to be a success? How many want to be a success? Well, let's say how many want to succeed? Okay. Now, now listen to me good. Because you're ready to succeed, you position yourself for success. There's a warfare that's got to take place because the devil got to know if you're serious. And God has to know if you're serious. Abraham, give me your son, your only son. Sacrifice him to me. Abraham got ready to kill him. God said, stop. Now I know. God want to know, do you really want this? Are you willing to fight for it? Or you just want him to give it to you? Do you want to earn it? Get out there and work for it, and make it happen, put your faith out there and do better? Or you just want him to give it to you and you don't have to do no better? You're still living a regular life. You're still doing the things that you used to do, but you want God just to bless you. That's the mindset of this generation, entitlement. God is not entitled. You're not entitled to anything with God. All the only thing you're entitled to was Jesus, and he gave you Jesus. Everything else after that comes through faith. All right? So here we go. You're going to have to meditate on the word of God. If you're going to succeed, the, word of, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is what brings success. Remember that dirt story I told you all out there? Did you all go out there and look at that dirt? Okay, you all see that dirt was out there. Guess what? I'm believing God for some more dirt. Okay? So when you all see that dirt out there, you all know that's pastor's faith. Don't sit back and watch me get the things that I want in life and you don't get nothing that you want. If I ask for dirt and God would give me dirt, what about some money for you? What about some health? What about some strength? If he'll give me some dirt, if he's concerned about dirt, when we still got an open parking lot out here, I'm believing for another parking lot over here. What for? Because in faith, I'm believing that God's going to fill this house. All right. I know you're here. Are y'all asleep? Did I should have put some more worship on. Y'all okay? All right. All right. Now, here we go. We're getting down to the mechanics of everything. So now you know that the meditation in your heart, the, med- the words in your mouth are important. You cannot be saying, I'm believing God for my healing. Oh, God, I thank you for my healing. God, I thank you by your stripes. I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, I am so sick of y'all. <laughs> Just that quick, you short circuit everything you just got to believe in your eye for. So your mouth getting you in trouble. I'm going to tell you, when, when the way you guys see things, you're in a court, the courtroom of heaven. And there's a judge. All right? You have the prosecutor who's the devil. And your defendant is Jesus. So you gotta see yourself like that. In this courtroom, you have the right to remain silent. Any police officer will give you your rights before you even get there to the courtroom, but in that courtroom, only somebody supposed to be speaking is your attorney. You don't even have a right to speak. So some of these battles that you go through, you need to shut your mouth. There are some battles God's going to fight, and I'm going to teach you that later on, but there are some times when you will fight, but you got to know the difference. Amen? And I'll get to that later on. All right. So here we go. Study this book of instructions continually. You hear that? Study this book of construction. We're talking about the Bible. Study this book continually. Meditate in it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. What's the key thing? Getting the Word of God and obey it. My wife used to tell me, everybody don't, how do you say it? Everybody don't believe the way you believe, or everybody don't Little, I understood what she was saying. I love God, but everybody don't love God the way I love God. The way I love God, I try to get myself together so that I don't do the stuff that's going to cause me problems. Everybody don't love God the way I love God. But I think that everybody do. I think that everybody loves God enough to come up here every day. I think God, everybody loves God enough not to cuss, not to run out and do wrong on their on their spouse. I think, you know, that's that's me but I can't make that you. Some of you all don't love God the way I love God. I cannot judge the way you love God. All I can do is just hope that you can love God the way that I love God, or even more so. I want your relationship with God to be better than mine. Amen? All right, so here we go. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. How do I prosper and succeed? By studying this book of instruction continually, meditating on it day and night, so that I'll be sure to obey everything that's written in it, I'm studying it and I'm meditating on it so that I can begin to obey it. I got to get into my heart that God is right and I'm wrong. Whenever it comes out to be a contradiction of what God says and what I want to do, I have to admit I'm wrong. God is right. I know. I think I know the right path of which I want to take. But there's a way that seems right in a man's eyes, and in the end, it leads to destruction. Some of y'all have been following your own ways, and that's why you can't get nowhere. Can I just be honest? Can I open y'all Can I wake y'all up? Now, I don't want y'all to get mad at me. I'm using this as an example, okay? And I'm not talking about any individual purpose, but some stuff you're doing just ain't right. Now, are you ready to be challenged? You know, I'm bagging up because I'm trying to get myself some space between me and you. All right? Because some of y'all are doing some stuff that ain't right. All right? Now, when I say it, I I'm not being offensive. And those who listen to me on the radio, I'm not being offensive. There's sometimes we need help governmental help. Sometimes you just get it because you want to. You wanna... God does not want you to have or be on government assistance. God wants you to trust him and have your needs met. When you go and you buy somebody's food stamps, look straight, nobody move their head. Everybody sells straight. Not only is it illegal, but you're telling the system that you want to use food stamps. Yeah, boy. You committed an illegal act by purchasing them. Now you give the devil place. Now you're going to go use them. You see how far you're getting out there? Really, you don't realize it, but you just want paycheck away from being broke. Instead of continuing to believe God, for excess and increase. Now, I know I know I woke you up, and I didn't mean to hurt you that hard, but I wanted to get your attention on some of the things that you do. You're not consistent in what you believe in. If you need them, okay. But put it in your heart. I only need them for a season. When I get through this season, God, I promise you, I'm going to get back to your word, your will, your purpose, and your plan for my life, and I'm never going to need the government assistance again. He told you, you should... You should Lend a minute and borrow from none. Everything he told you in his word was talking about you being on a higher level. You should be the head and never be the tail. You should be in debt to no one. God does not want you in debt, so you don't have to want to get out of debt. And you got to stop hanging. Up. Ugh. I want you to use your faith to get off. Depending on the government, especially with the government that we've got coming in. You don't want to know why there's no good candidates? Because there's only one. And you better, you better cast your vote on him. I don't care who you vote for, but you better make sure who got the lead. Mm-hmm. We ain't got nobody to vote for. You sure don't. So you better depend on Jesus. In the last days, the just shall live by faith. You're gonna get more by faith than you could by trying to do it your own way. People that know me know I started business with no money. Hear that good? I had faith. Well, how you start a business with no money? I had faith. When I got faith, I got favor. Favor takes you farther than money will any day. You hear me? You don't understand it. When you got faith, everything that you need is at your disposal. You got access to heaven because you're living in faith, and God will send you what you need. He'll straighten up kings. He'll get people in line. He'll make people bless you that don't normally don't bless nobody. I'm a living witness. I saw God doing some stuff that when, when just when I came here trying to get this building, it, I thought it by accident. But the connections that were made were divine connections. There's no way I could have put them all together. But I was humble enough that when they asked me, this one guy who sold me a building down there for my other business, sold me a building down there. I went down there. We got the building, and he became friends of mine. He said, you know what? I want to introduce you to a group of people that I think would be good because you know, because you, uh, what I was doing was witnessing to him, that you would be having an impact on them. So guess what? I didn't realize it, but the place that I went to was a bank. In the, up on the third floor, they had this meeting where all of them would come together and talk about biblical stuff. Why? Because I was pouring so much into this guy who helped me get this building down here. God connected the dots. In that building, in that bank building, was a vice president or president, whatever he was, of the bank. And he heard me teach. He heard me talk and we got to know each other, and he became a friend of mine. Becoming a friend of mine, I invited him down to speak to the congregation. I told you all what I was doing. I brought you down. This is our new banker. Guess what? He's going to help us. He didn't realize it. But when we got to that point where we needed a loan to get this thing started, guess who came to the rescue? I could not have done that. God orchestrated that. What I'm telling you, when you're in faith, God starts to set people up and people will be there for you to be able to take you to the next level. We didn't have the money, but God knew we were going to need it before we got to it. So while you're worried about trying to figure out how you're going to get there, you're using man's wisdom. God said, no, 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 no. It's not going to be in a demonstration of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. When you get there, the way is going to already be made. Some of you are trying to figure out when God already done worked it out. You're trying to fix- if you walk upright before him, I promise you he will withhold no good thing from you. That's right. That's right. If it's a good thing, God wants you to have it. But there's a sacrifice along the way. You're gonna have to be willing to let some things go. You can't hold on to your mess and follow God. You can't do it. It's gonna to get too heavy for you. All right. So God wants us to be successful so bad that He gave us the instructions on how to do it. God wants you to be so successful, so bad, that he says, this is how to do it. Get in my word, study my word. And when something jump up at you, start meditating on that thing, day and night. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your spirit. Let's start turning over in your spirit. And then start making your confessions. And guess what? You will have whatsoever you say. But you got to start doing it. You got to start getting it right. This is how you're going to do it. I promise you, Everybody in here, you can have your needs met. I promise you that. You can have your needs met. You can be happy. You can take some vacations. You can take some trips. God don't mind you going to Italy. He don't don't mind you going over to Jerusalem. Wherever you want to go, the earth is yours. So what's stopping you? You can't tell me money's stopping you when you got faith. Faith is more powerful than money. All right, watch this. I know you're tired. Keep going. The importance of the word. Faith is information or the word. Breaking it down a little bit more for you. That you receive from God that you must act upon. Now the way you put your faith in action, you get your scripture. How many of you all have a scripture that you believe in God for? You need to get you a word. Get you something that you're holding out before God. Now, I want to be so transparent with y'all, but So when it happens, you'll see it, okay? I'm believing God, you know. Don't turn your head the other way. You better help me. I I try not to bring y'all into my family too much or into my business too much, but it's it's some things I can't teach you until I tell you. But And I just tell it in parables. (laughs) There's some things I'm believing God for. Look, I can use my faith to get this, I can use my faith to get a business started. I can just use my faith to get another business started. But I'm asking God, God why are they working on this? Why is that this is not doing what I said it was supposed to do? God said, because their will is involved. Don't take me along. I've got to win them over. You keep praying. And it's the goodness of God that will lead them to repentance. Some of y'all are trying to make God take over somebody's will, and God say, I can't do that. I gotta win them over. Something God can just make happen because it's natural stuff. But when it deals with a human being or with a person, it's gonna take him time because he can't take their will away from them because he gave it to them. So they like what they're doing, so God said, I gotta give them something better. So it's gonna take me a little time because I'm organizing. I'm putting things in place for them. And when they start coming out, you start going ahead on and get excited now because I'm putting it all together. It's working, baby. I promise you. If this, if this, if, if, if I see this and it worked, if I low line and I look down at the business and it's working, I go over here and look at the other business and it's working. What makes me think that this is not working? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, let me keep going. Watch this. I'm going to jump to something right now because what we're trying to do is show you the importance of how the Word of God works, all right? And this is a parable or an example. When we say a parable, we're talking about an example. Give me five more minutes before you go to sleep. Shake your neighbor and just tell him wake up now, all right? Now, Jesus already gave us an example of how the Word of God works, okay? He had just got through telling them, but he told them in a parable. So the people who were around them trying to understand how the kingdom operate, they heard it, but they just couldn't grasp it. If some of y'all are here right now, you're hearing me, but you just can't grasp it. It's just not making sense enough to you. Because you're not doing your part. You're not meditating. You're not studying. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You are just there. So it's not profiting you in it. The word of God did not profit you because you didn't mix it with faith. Here we go. We're talking about these parables. Jesus got to tell them about a the parable, and the disciple was wondering, what is he talking about? Is he crazy? Luke chapter, 9, chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. His disciple asked him what this parable meant. He just talked about some seeds fall on good ground, some fall on stony ground. Y'all know the story. Verse 10. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. That, that is very deep. There are some of you all in here right now, because of your relationship with God, you are permitted to understand God's way of doing things. Some of y'all in here, you understand God's way of doing things. It makes sense to you. Some other people, they don't understand it. When I'm here talking to you now, I'm trying to tell you God's way of doing it, how God does things. I'm trying to understand, get you to understand the kingdom of God. This is how it operates. This is how it works. That's what he was telling his disciples. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parable. To teach others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they really don't understand. Some of y'all here hear me right now, but you sleep. You just, it doesn't even understand. It doesn't, you know what? I don't know why I came to church today. I got greens on the stove. You know what? The football game finna come on. You know, this your mind is nowhere near this spiritual truth. You can't receive nothing. You just hear. You need to ask yourself, what's going wrong with me? When he told me, I'm a disciple, are you really? Are you a disciple? Because the disciple of Christ has been given to them to know the secret or to know God's way of doing things. If you are a disciple of God, your life will get better. It's going to get better for you, baby. All right. If you're not a disciple, you're going to sit here and you're going to be wondering, why are everybody jumping and shouting? What's wrong with them folks? All right, watch this. Then Jesus goes on to begin to explain it to him. Next. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 through 15, New Living Translation. This is the meaning of the parable. Now, you got to ask yourself, which ground are you? Okay? This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is what? God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their heart and prevent them from believing and being saved. And some people can't even get it together. They heard the word. Situation got so bad in their life, they came to church, or somebody went to them, they talked to them about the word. They they heard the word, they received it, but the devil came immediately and took it away from them. Why? Because they didn't know how to protect it. Their heart just wasn't right. The seed... On the rocky soil represent those who hear the message, receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptations. How many of you all in here fall in that category? You hear the word, you're excited about it, but as soon as some temptation comes your way, you're going after the temptation. That word didn't profit you. The devil knows he can tempt some of y'all. Look, watch. You were just tempted. You didn't get it. You were just tempted to do it. Oh, let me go and go there. Some of y'all tempt. Some of y'all. Woo, jeez. I don't know where this coming from, but I'm going to hit on it. Some of you guys, you can't get off pornography. And your blessings are tied up in that porn. You saw all them beautiful women or men or whatever you're looking at, and you didn't get nothing. You didn't get nothing. You were just watching. What you watching it for? You ain't getting nothing. Can you imagine yourself going to hell and you say, "What you down here? I was watching porn." Everybody down there because they done did some real stuff. You didn't get nothing. You were watching something that you couldn't even get. What gratification is in that? The devil got you that far out there that you watching something net like that and you ain't you can't even touch it. Something wrong with your thinking. Okay. Amen. Well, it's just it ain't bothering nobody but me. Look at all your blessings you missing. To him that committed sin willfully, there's no sacrifice for that sin. You don't have to pay for that one, baby going to cost you something? Yeah, boy. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. There's something about when Holy Ghost pulls something out ain't (laughs) you. There's a reason why your blessings are blocked. And I'm trying trying to get you to help them. I'm trying to get you understand something that you're doing. It ain't God. All those people that I'm witnessing to now, they mad at God. Baby, God, it's impossible God do what you say he did. I'm hearing you say this, but God didn't do that. He cannot do that. God is a good God. He can't do that evil stuff that you talk about he did. God ain't never left you nor has he forsaken you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Somebody else better did it who said there was a man of God or a woman of God, but it wasn't God. All right. Let's keep going. Verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out, watch this, by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So they never grow to maturity. Some of you hear the word, you receive it gladly, but because of the cares of life, you lose the things of God. You got too much going on to pray. You got too much going on to come to Bible study. You got too much co- going on to come to two services. The cares of life. Uh-huh. Now, which condition are you? All right, let's move forward. Verse 15. And the seed that fell on good soil represent the honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a small harvest. Oh, y'all caught that word. A huge harvest. Do you hear what God's saying? He wants you to be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Will he cause men to give it to your booth so that you can have a huge harvest. God don't want you to be. You don't went through all this. Watch this. The seed that fell on good soil represents the honest because you're honest. Some of y'all just not honest, but there are some honest people in here. What? I said it wrong. I shouldn't have said that one. All right. But anyway, you know you're not honest, all right? So, so you can't get a huge harvest. But some people here, you're just honest. You don't want to do nobody wrong. You want people to be blessed. You, you, know, you got a good heart. That's what he's saying, all right? Be the good hearted, there he goes right there. The good hearted people who hear God's word, you cling to it. I trust this word to be true. I confess it over my children. I confess it over my finances. I confess it over my business. I confess. I confess it over the church. I confess it over you all. I cling to it. And patiently, and that's where the key thing is. I've got to work on my patience. Because I get mad at you out of the heartbeat. I was mad this morning. Poor wife, i got to say it. She said, no. <laughs> Don't say <it. laughs> she said, Don't touch me. Don't touch me. She's probably been praying this morning. I said, nope. Nope. Uh-uh. I know she's trying to do better. That's my love. I bless i got to thank God for her. Amen. God bless. Give me a a great big hand clap Pray, you. all help me get out the hot water, right? So sometimes as a man of God, I have to stand because I got to get everybody to understand what I mean. I believe there's more in you, and I challenge you to come up to another level. And I believe you can do it, amen? All right, why do I do it? So the blessing can be huge. If you make a huge sacrifice, there ought to be a huge blessing. You get a small sacrifice, you get a small blessing. But when you go after God's best, the rewards are huge, baby. That's a huge harvest. Right now, I'm participating in huge harvesting. Ain't nothing, I can, nothing I'm doing now. small. I don't know what the heck God is doing, but he's blessing. When some of these folks in here who know it, they see what God's doing. It, it, it. You know my sidekick. You know what? Abraham had his Aaron, all right, all right. Uh, Paul had his Timothy, all right, all right. Pastor King got his Terry, all right? And so, so he watches what God's doing in my life. And the other day he said, just hold on. I said, hold on, Terry, ain't, ain't tapping out. I ain't tapping out, but yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's huge. Why? Because we're walking up right before God. You see how simple it is. Don't sit here and watch us do this and you happen for us. And you just can't wait to borrow some money. (laughs) It should not be one of y'all in here coming to ask us for some money. What about my daughter, Janae? She should not, after the day, ask me for a dime. Her and Jordan should ask me for a dime. Why? Because they're hearing the word every Sunday. They are my children. And I got it. I'm telling them, don't ask me for it because I'm teaching you how to go get it. Well, what about y'all? I'm teaching you how to go get it. I don't want you to be begging. I expect for that car lot to start having some new cars out there. I'm telling you this thing works. The Bible declares, and the blessings shall overtake you. Overtake you. I didn't even tell Terry. Somebody came by the church yesterday and told me, get ready, because I'm getting in a, get ready to get a position, and I want you all there. Came by the church to tell me. And I wasn't even excited. Why? Because the blessings already overtaken me. It's like, God, really? Another one? Another one? You hear me? And the blessings, I'm not going after the blessings. Why not, Pastor? Because they weren't designed for me to go after. The blessings are not designed for you to go after. The blessings are designed to come after you. I'm not fighting for blessings. I'm fighting to get people. You know what God told me the other day? He said, you know what? We got the same problem. God and I, we got the same problem. I'm looking for some faithful workers. Some good people who want to work. I got a lot of stuff going, a lot of business I can start, but the laborers are few. God said, You know what? I know exactly how you feel. (laughs) God said, I got all this harvest out here, but the laborers are few. He said, We got the same problem. I said, God, well, no, I said, I said, God, I know what I'm going to do. You told me to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he might send for a laborer. I said, all right, God, you got to send some folks. Now, guess what? It happened in one area of the business where they tell me now, uh, Pastor, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. King, you can't, you don't, we, we, we got enough people now. We don't need no more. So I turn my eyes. I said, good, y'all sure? They said, yeah. I turned over here and I looked at the church. I'm like, man, come on, God. He said, they'll come to work for money, but they won't come to work for God. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.